stuff to do with book of Revelation and things like that. But I was asked to actually repeat the talk that we that we did at the Hearing God session on destiny and big life decisions. Um, so if you were there and you've heard it, you can zone out now. So the thing, however, you never know. The Holy Spirit might just speak to you anyway, even if you were there. Because I was just praying this morning, just going through some of my talk, and actually the Holy Spirit spoke to me about something in my life to do with my own talks. Isn't that cool? Yeah? <laughs> so this is the title. Is it up there? Yes. Destiny and Big Life Decisions. And when I looked at that, I was doing the prep and looking at that, I thought, isn't that quite a pretentious title for a talk? <laughs> thought, well, there's little old me doing that talk on that. But, you know, that question, though, that it started causing me to ask some questions. It started causing me to ask questions like, actually, is there a destiny and purpose for my life? Does my life actually have a meaning and a purpose? Is there a point to what I'm doing, to, to me being a Christian and to me serving God? Is it, Or is it just kind of something I just kind of go through life and, um, you know, try my best and then at the end it ends? Or is there something more? And it started causing me to ask those sort of questions. And I just encourage you this morning just to begin to ask yourself those sort of questions. You know, we're going to do a, a short talk for about half an hour, so there's not a lot of time to cover every point. But I'd encourage you just to ask, stop asking that question and start talking to God about these sort of things. Is there a purpose? I mean, we talk about there being one, don't we, as Christians, a lot. But actually, let's, let's actually really be real with ourselves and say, am I actually following God's purpose? Am I following the destiny of God for my life, or am I just moseying on through? And so I just want to just start. We're looking at some stuff on the Bible, um, on what the Bible says about these kind of things. And I'm going to start with Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 5 and 6. And it says there, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will direct your path. And the first thing I just wanted just to chat about is the submitting to, to Jesus' will in our life, to God's will, is a really important part of being a Christian. In actual fact, making Jesus the Lord of your life, putting Jesus in charge of your life, is actually part of the process of becoming a Christian. Right at the basics of it. It's actually saying, I'm going to start a new journey under a new chief. And that's how we start off as a Christian. But then our Christian life involves working that out all the time. I'm constantly having to ask, go back to God every now and again, you know. Is Jesus in charge of the way I handle my money, the way I live my life, the way I run my business, the way I relate to people? Is Jesus, what does, yeah. And so it's actually saying, is that real for me in my heart? Am I doing my best to, to, to submit to God? To listen, to have him as the Lord of my life. And are my attitudes under his authority? Are my decisions, are my motives under Jesus' rule and under his authority? 
those are sort of questions that I've got to, that all the way through we've got to ask. And before we start talking about grand destinies and plans, this is the heart of it. It's saying, am I submitting to Jesus with my life? Is he Lord of my life? Is he the boss of my life? Is he in charge? And if we don't do anything else this morning, if we run out of time, I would say that's the point. That's the point of the talk. The rest of it kind of builds on that. It's like the foundation of it. Is Jesus Lord of my life now? Am I following him? Am I serving him or am I serving my own purpose? When I want to make a big decision in life, am I making the decision and then asking God to bless it? Or am I saying, what do you want to do here? Yeah? What's your will here? The Lord's Prayer that I think everybody knows, so we don't need to read it, because right from a young child, you would have recited it at school. It says there, part, right near the beginning of the prayer, it says, this is when Jesus telling people how to pray. He says, your will be done, your kingdom come. That's kind of like the basis of praying, isn't it? It's the basis of everything. And when I read something like that, it's, it, when we talk about destiny and we talk about purpose for my life, we often look at it through our individualistic kind of Western viewpoint, don't we? And we think, you know, what's my purpose? What's my destiny? What's my place in the church? What's my call? What have I been, what, where am I going? What am, what's my life all about? But in actual fact, the way Jesus told us to pray is for his kingdom to come. And the point when we look at destiny and we look at purpose, is the focus is actually on his destiny and his purpose rather than mine. And that's challenging for me. I find that challenging sometimes. And because it's about when we become a Christian, it's about us putting our lives under his authority and saying, I want to be caught up, Jesus, in your destiny for the world. Rather than, I want to get hold of my own personal destiny and make the best for myself. It's about saying, it's your destiny and your plan. What is your purpose for the world and what's my part in it? And that's what Jesus invites us to do. And I just, I had a sense this morning that, that he wants to call some of us to have a fresh vision of his kingdom and a fresh vision of his purpose for things. I, I remember as a, as a somewhere in my youth, in my teens, something came inside my heart where, where I got caught up with the fact that God had a bigger plan and a bigger purpose for this world. That God's plan for this world is to bring justice and to bring hope, to bring all things under the reign of Jesus. So all those things that we see that aren't, because we look at the world and a lot of it perfectly honest, it doesn't look like it's under Jesus' rule, does it? And that's part of the thing, to bring a message of hope, to spread the gospel to all people groups. That's all part of what his plan is, and we're not, the talk today isn't about that, because that's a whole talk and it's own thing, but there is something bigger that we're part of. When we're building our local church here, this isn't just to provide us with a nice church, but that's part of something bigger. And it's part of him bringing his kingdom and his rule and his reign into our town and our city, into Worcester. The granary building is not so we can just have a nice building, but it's 
part of his destiny and his plan for influencing this city. And he's calling us to be a part of that. And I, I just have a sense that God wanting to say to us people this morning, I'm calling you today. I'm putting a call on your life and I'm calling you to follow me and give yourself to this bigger purpose that, that is part of. Um, and for me, I first knew that, as I said, when I was in my youth. And what, what, I, I, I want to just share some of the stuff that stops that happening because this is, this is the thing that God spoke to me about my own talk this morning. So this is, this is, this is fresh for me this morning. Is... God will often put a seed of something, because the Bible describes the kingdom as being like a seed. He'll put a seed of a vision or something in our hearts. It will land as like a seed. But different things can happen to that seed. What he really wants is for that seed to grow into something that's going to make a difference and to influence the world. But sometimes that seed will get caught up with other things. And for me, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, the pressures of life were beginning to squeeze in on that seed. And there are pressures that can actually stop us. And the devil will have great fun with that. And he'll keep giving us pressures so that the focus of our prayer, the focus of what we do becomes those pressures. And things like love for other things. You know, we can just, you know, we can get caught up in just love for other things. Um, cares of this world, all sorts of things. There's a parable about it in the Bible about how that takes away the seed of the kingdom because there isn't any root in it or different things like that. And, and, and I, I, I encourage you this morning, if you're finding that God's purpose that was once there growing as a seed in you is now choked by pressures, is choked by different cares, worries, desire for other things, I'd encourage you just to come back to him this morning and just, just go back to his call and go back and let that seed grow. Yeah. And the second part of this verse says that we were reading. Yeah. The verse, it says, commit your way to him and he will direct your path. And that is a promise. And quite often, uh, you often have people saying, Oh, I really want to know what God's will for my life is. I don't know what God's purpose for my life is. It's actually a promise. If we submit to him, he will direct our paths. The way he does it will be as varied and different as there are people in this room. Um, But it's a promise that if we submit to him, then he will direct our paths into his purpose. Yeah. Okay, so that's point number one. The second point is the responsibility on us to get hold of that purpose and that call that he's put in our life. So I just want to read something else out of the Bible. Can we flip that up? The Philippians, Philippians 3, verse 10 to 14. And this is Paul. And this is what Paul was saying about his view of the call of God on his life. And it says there, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. This is the stuff he was really going for. And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. That's not one that a lot of us go for, is it? Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. And this is what he then goes on to say. This is the bit. Not that I've already obtained all this. So in other words, I haven't got it all yet. I know that God's got something more for me. Not that I've already attained all this already. 
or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet as having taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has called me heavenward. That was Paul, the way he lived his life. He says, I know that God has got hold of me. God, God called me. For him, he called him when he was going off to actually persecute Christians. For all, some of us, we were called at different times. Some of us, I believe God wants to call today. And then our responsibility is to get hold of that, to take that seed that he puts within us and to lay hold of it and say, I'm going to press on and I'm going to lay hold of what God has taken hold of me for. And just a little bit sobering thing really is it's not actually automatic that God's purpose for our life will be fulfilled. Now, that might mess up with some people's theology, but bear with me a little bit. And I think some people kind of view God's plan and destiny for our lives a bit like this sometimes. It's almost like a, a scale. It's almost like at one end, you've got people here who think, well, if it's God's will, it'll happen, and I'm just going to sit back because God's, God's sovereign. He's completely in charge, and he's going to absolutely make sure that every detail is going to work out in my life. And then you've got the other end here, where people think, yes, I can get hold of whatever I want, and God's going to bless it, and I'm going to, you know, I can shape my own destiny, and, um, and etc. But I actually think that the reality, if you read the Bible, is a little bit more nuanced than that. There are times where God does absolutely intervene and seem to grab hold of people's lives, and almost force his purpose to work out, a bit like Jonah. And then at the other end, the, the things are. But there were sto stories in the Bible. Let me just, just bear with me a second here. There's a guy in the Bible called Moses. Now Moses was one of the people that is one of the real founders of, of faith, really. He's, you know, he's a, he was a huge, powerful person in the Bible, wasn't he? He's one of the main people in the Bible. But you know he didn't actually completely see the thing that God had called him to do. He didn't actually, he was called to go into and lead the children into the promised land. But because he didn't fully take hold of, what, uh, uh, of following God, he actually only saw it from outside. That's what it says in the Bible. Yeah? That's not me making that up. That's, that's what he, he said. So in other words, he didn't fully do it. Yeah? And then there's another guy, Saul, who God chose to be king. But he missed it completely, basically due to his insecurity and, person, uh, and character issues and, and things that he just didn't work out in life. He just completely missed, missed it up completely. And then there was another guy, David, King David. We've probably all heard of King David, the guy who killed Goliath, became king. Yeah? And it says about, about his life, at the end of his life, it says that David fulfilled the purpose of God in his generation. Imagine having that said about you, that, that, that someone here, let's, let's pick on somebody, Seb fulfilled the purpose of God in his generation. 
And David did it despite messing up on numerous occasions. He was not perfect. He was not Mr. Perfect. I mean, he actually did some serious things. He got involved in murder, adultery, lying, all sorts of things that would totally write us off from being a good member of Hope Church. Yeah? But, <laughs> but it says that at the end, he fulfilled the purpose of God in his generation. Yeah? And I, I just feel that, that God is challenging us this morning to take hold of that purpose for which God has called us. There are people here that were called many years ago to follow him. And he's, gonna, he's calling you again to say, take hold of that that I once took hold of you for. Um, and the next thing, that, that, just, to, just to wrap up the next point, is that your age is not an issue to God whatsoever. Yeah? So we're all different ages here. Some of us are old and fat and some are young and thin. But... <laughs> And some are young and fat, and some are old and thin. Um, <laughs> but, but, we're, but whatever our age is, that is not a limitation on, on, us, on God's, you fulfilling God's call. I, I just felt the Holy Spirit just speak to me um, about the youth this morning. And I'm really glad the youth are here. Yes, yes. Because I just feel that the Holy Spirit wants to call you youth to follow him with all your heart and to serve his purpose in this generation. Yeah, and um, I actually felt, you know when you walk to the front, Matt, I just felt that the Holy Spirit say that was a prophetic demonstration of what he wants for the youth. That there's a sense in which you feel you're at the back, but God wants the youth to be at the front, not necessarily literally sitting on the front row, but, but running fast with God's call and purpose on your life. There are some of you who, because most of you have grown up through the church, and there have been little deposits where you know that the Holy Spirit has called you to things. But because of all sorts of stuff that's going on in your life and things like that, they've kind of got a little bit squashed. And I just feel the Spirit of God wants to say to you this morning, I'm calling you to come and to serve me, to, to be... Samuels in your generation to be those who ser- serve me from a young age, but then uh, and Zach is Zach here? Yeah, hi Zach. I, I just felt the Holy Spirit wanted to actually speak specifically to you, Zach, and to say that He's called you in the area of worship, and I just felt Him saying that He's be, that He's called you to be someone who goes into His presence. And to seek his, seek his presence and to spend time in his presence. And he's going to use you in the whole area of worship. And he doesn't want you to look at your youth and think, I can't be doing stuff now. He's calling you to start stepping out in the whole area. I felt there was a creativity of the Spirit going to come on you in the whole area of worship. And, uh, and he's calling you to, 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 to bring his presence. And there's, you're going to be in meeting settings, and you're going to bring the presence of Jesus, yeah? There's going to be a time where, 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 the, where it comes just feels a little bit flat. The Spirit of God's going to come on you, and you're going to be able to lead people into the presence of Jesus. I just felt that's what the Holy Spirit was saying about part of his call on your life, yeah? Is that okay? 
Yeah, if it's not, your mum and dad will sort you out after. <laughs> um, so, they're really the, the foundational part of the talk. And the next half of the talk is, I just want to just, just, just take us through a few little practical steps for getting hold of, of, of laying hold of God's purpose. Yeah? So, we want to make this quite earthed and quite... Not up there, but quite down there, because particularly when you start talking about this sort of stuff, it can get all up there. And, and I've been to many talks where I've got all stirred up for God's purpose in the earth, and then I think, oh, now what do I do? That was, um, so here's number one tip. Yeah? So these are just things that kind of I've observed. They might not be a complete list. They're just a few little things that I've got. The first one is, is, I would say, don't make any major decisions in life. And by ma- major decisions will be different for different people, but things like, you know, moving house, um, whatever they might be, they, they, they'll, they'll be different for different people because, you know, for someone it might, it might just be in a six-month rental. It's not a major decision. But any major decisions in life until you've heard from God. That's the practicality of submitting to the Lordship of Jesus, yeah? Because quite often, I observe, we kind of make the major decisions and then pray and ask God to bless those decisions, yeah? Do it the other way around. I'd really encourage you to do that, yeah? And take time to make sure you've really heard God, yeah? It, taking time to make sure you've heard God isn't unbelief. In actual fact, it's part of faith. Yeah, it's saying, I want to be sure I'm hearing God here. And take the time to do it. Yeah? And how you do that, well, well they're all different ways of people hearing God, and that's not what the talk's about this morning. But just, just make sure you do that. But then once you're sure, then you will need to take steps of faith without having all the answers. You read through the Bible, and personal experience, whenever God calls you to do something, I can almost guarantee, um, I'll step my neck out and say uh, that it will be, that when you take the steps of faith, you will not have all the answers all set out, all neatly arranged, because that's what faith is about. It involves responding to God, and sometimes they will be big steps. Sometimes they will involve things where you know you haven't got the money. They look foolish. But if you've heard from God, that's the point. You take the step of faith. And Isaac, is Isaac still here? Oh, there you are. Right. I, I, I went praying for you, and I just felt the Holy Spirit just say to you that the stuff that he's put on your heart, things that he's called you to do, things that you know that he's called you to do, and I believe he's actually saying, Isaac, you don't look for all the answers. You've got to take some steps of faith. Yeah, I just felt that's what he said. I don't know what it's relating to, whether it means anything, but I just felt him saying that. Yeah? Don't, don't wait for all the boxes to be ticked, because they're not going to be. In actual fact, I feel that God's saying, it, actually, it'll be quite a bumpy ride, but that's part of what faith is, because I've called you to be a leader in my kingdom. I've called you to be at the forefront. I've called you to work through stuff. And sometimes to pioneer stuff involves cutting through some rubbish and going through hard paths. Yeah. Don't know if that means anything, but um, 
Again, if I got it wrong, Jim will sort you out. Um, <laughs> so, and on that subject is, I'd encourage you, seek counsel from the right people, people of faith, people who are good people, not just those who will say what you want to hear. Yeah? Because we love one another, don't we? Well, hopefully we do. Um, and you, you want the best for one another. And quite often if people say something, you, you, you want to encourage them in it. But I, think, I, I would actually encourage you, go to people who you know will, will hear God and give you the right counsel. My friend Jim is brilliant at that. Um, and, but there are, you know, go to people who won't just say what you want to hear. Yeah? Um, here's the next practical little tip. Yeah? Things often don't work out the way that we'd planned or hoped. Yeah? You'll feel like God's called you to do something, you step out in faith, and it doesn't seem to work out like it. And the you think, well, how can that be? You know, how can God have called something, instigated something, and it not worked out? Well, the Bible is actually full of examples. Um, the, the, the advantage you have when you, we have when reading the Bible is, is we kind of know the end of the story a lot of the time. But imagine if you were Joseph and you had this dream and God had called you to this stuff and you knew that you were going to be leading your family and all the rest of it, and then they chuck you in a pit and you end up, you know, getting falsely accused and in prison. Yeah? <laughs> Didn't look like it worked out. And as planned. And there are loads of examples like that. Loads and loads of examples. And um, linked to that is my next point, is don't get locked into the project. Quite often what, when God calls us to something, it involves some kind of project or event or activity or church to plant or something like that, Yes? And if we get locked into that rather than the big picture of his kingdom, it can often lead to disappointment. Yeah? Because God's kingdom is eternal. And with the increase of his kingdom, there won't be any end. But projects are, are usually temporary. Yeah? I've been part of churches that don't even exist anymore. That during the time we were part of them, we gave our lives to what was happening with them. You know, and, and, and if we get locked into that, it can really cause us a lot of stress and a lot of, you know, and there are all sorts of complex reasons why these things don't seem to work out. Let's not get stressed about them, yeah? I, I just sensed this morning that, that, that there's someone here and you um, once ran with a real call of God on your life, you knew God had called you to stuff, and the thing that you were involved in didn't work out, and, and it failed. I think there might have been people letting you, let, letting you down in that, and there were probably issues to do with money involved in that, and what that's done is, is you still love Jesus, you're still here, you know, otherwise you wouldn't be here, but, but inside, it's left you with a bit of cynicism, about stuff. So when you hear things about, oh, you know, we're going for the granary now or doing this, you've got this bit of cynicism in there that, that's, that's left from that and, 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 and you, you become a little bit passive. I just actually sense the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to say, encourage you this morning and get hold of you again with a call that's on, on your life 
and just, just free you from that so you can move forward. Um, the next practical tip, here we go, did it come in? No? Yes? No? It's gone. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you anyway. Um, the next one up there is the more emotional the decision, the harder it is to hear from God. Yeah? And just be aware of that in the way that you, you deal with stuff. You know, when I was a teenager, it's amazing the amount of girls that God told me were the right one for me. <laughs> um, I'd be like Solomon if they'd all been right. Um, <laughs> and Kyla wasn't actually one of them. So, <laughs> anyway, let's not go there. Let's move on. Um, so, we, we <laughs> but we just got to be real about that kind of stuff. Is that our emotions get mixed up in this. And when there's a big emotional decision, we just need to be aware of it and, and just kind of um, handle it slightly differently. Um, the next practical tip I've got, oh, well, oh, oh, it's, not going, it's not going on the screen, is it? Is that sometimes God's time scales can be interesting. Yeah? Yeah? Imagine if you were Moses, took to 80 to really start working out the stuff, 80 years old to really start working out what they're doing. You know, there was stuff that I knew God called me to when I was in my late teens that have only just started happening in the last few years. You know, that's, yeah, 30, 30 years, yeah? And that's, that kind of stuff can be difficult sometimes to handle, you know? And, and it's keeping that sense of God's call all through that. And then sometimes things just happen like that. God calls you to something, and it happens like that. Again, let's... I don't think God wants us to be stressed about the timing. I think he wants us to just walk with faith. Abraham, who we've been having all the, the teaching about recently, you know, think of how long he was hanging out for. You know, it was, it was sometimes there are long scales. And we, particularly in our culture, you know, we think two to three years and then, oh, God probably didn't mean what I felt he meant and then we get all stressed about it it doesn't kind of work like that there are, in Hebrews 11 there are people who actually ran with stuff that they knew God had called them to and they never ever saw it in their lifetime now that, that's you know that's difficult to get your head around some of the people that were there were running with stuff that was hundreds and sometimes thousands of years ahead I mean that's yeah I mean that's Interesting. So that's kind of how, how, how God works. Um, uh, on a personal level, and, and I'm saying this because Stephen Helen from Redditch are here, we spent 10 years of our life in Redditch really believing that God had called us to see something happen in that place. And he didn't. And then God moved us here, and we're here, and this was part of. Now there's a group of people who are starting a church there. And I just find that so exciting and so encouraging. And there's nothing that we've put into them or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? There was no credit we've got. But it was just like that we saw that God wanted to do something then, but it wasn't us that were doing it. It was someone else. And, and I just feel that God's given me a word for you, for Redditch. And, and what I saw was a um, picture of a big oak tree. 
And I just felt that the Holy Spirit saying that's the sort of church that he wants to build in Redditch. It's a church that's a solid oak tree. And it looks like it starts as a little seed. But those roots and the foundations are the important thing. And I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, concentrate on the foundations. Concentrate on the roots that you build. Don't be pressured to suddenly start putting on a big show. I felt he said, just don't be pressured to do that. Keep focusing on the foundations. Keep focusing on the roots. Keep focusing on the people. Keep focusing on the core things that God's called you to do. And there's going to be pressures that are going to come that are going to say, right, you're going to build, do this, you're going to put that on. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, just focus on, on the roots and the foundations because then it will be strong. It might look at, not look exciting for quite a long period of time, but it's going to be a strong oak tree. If you, constant, if you start trying to put the, the thing up on the top too quickly, it will look exciting for a while and then there'll be nothing, just like all the other churches that tried to do that in Redditch over the years, but God wants to do something different. But that's okay. Um, and the main final point, because... We're going to talk to you. This is, this is one where I just felt I'd like us to, to wrap up on because I've got a few things that I feel the Spirit of God wants to say. Is that the things that God calls you to are not limited by your own natural gifts and abilities. Yeah? And that's pretty countercultural sometimes because there's a lot of emphasis that often happens. Oh, let's find out what my gifts and talents are and that's how God's going to use me. And there is a certain truth to that. But I just felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to just emphasize that. That it, that, that, that it says in the Bible that, that he takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. One of the greatest Bible teachers of all in the Bible says he was a rubbish speaker. That was the Apostle Paul. Yeah? Well, the greatest king in the Bible was the younger son who was out in the field and they, they you know, they didn't think he'd amount to much. And the areas where we're weak, then there, God can be strong. And I just feel that there are people here who are disqualifying and discounting yourself because of how you feel about yourself. And I just sense that the Holy Spirit wants to encourage people this morning to say, if you feel weak, if you feel vulnerable, if you feel you haven't got much, if you feel you're the least, going to Jim's word that he's brought last week, if you feel you're the least, then you can be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Some of the areas that God uses me in have been my greatest weaknesses and battles. When I was growing up as a youngster, I was incredibly shy. I used to be frightened of the reddish stuff being read out because I have to speak out. And now I stand up in front of people all the time. And that's the way God uses me. My early life and our early married life were huge battles with money, not having money, really having to learn to believe God with money. Yeah, and we still do it now. Kyla's laughing because she knows some of them. Oh, but that is where God, but that is where God uses us most now. Yeah, 
And I just feel that God wants to say, encourage people this morning that there are things that people hear where God has put stuff on your heart and he's called you to stuff, but you feel weak. You feel you can't do that. You haven't got what it takes. And I believe God wants to encourage people this morning. There's a, there's a parable that Jesus told. And in that parable, he, 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 there was a parable of talents, which are lump sums of money. And he gave one of them ten, one of them five, and one of them just one. Yeah? And the one who had ten, he went off and he, he, went off and he did amazing things with it, and he doubled it. And the one who had five, he did that. But the little one that, the little one that had one said he was afraid. And he went and buried what he had. And you know what? The, the little that he had, that God wanted to use, he, because he buried it, God went and gave it to the one that had multiplied and, and done the, the double. So in other words, the guy that had done the double, that had been faithful in serving God, was actually given talents that he didn't have. But imagine if the one with the one had done that. He might have got, and the one with the ten had brought it, he might have got given the, 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 the ten. And I just believe God wants to encourage people this morning that are feeling weak not to bury your talent, not to bury what God has called you, what God has put within you, not to, not to do that, not to disqualify yourself. Yeah? And if you're battling through stuff with God, I, quite often the stuff that you battle with the most can be a trigger, can be a key to what his call on your life is. Yeah? And if you're weak and you're vulnerable and you don't have much, then God wants to use you this morning. And if that's how you're feeling this morning, it would be great when we're having communion to, to, to pray with you because I believe God wants to take weak people and make them strong. He wants to take people who feel vulnerable and they've not got anything to give to make them into givers because that's what his kingdom's about yeah he wants to take those who don't feel they've got many gifts and talents to actually turn them into something special i just believe what god wants to say to people this morning that who don't feel that they're anything special that you're special that you're called and that you're chosen and that we've and that he wants to use you this morning and it starts with saying that you'll submit your life to him and then he will direct your paths to being Lord of your life and responding to the call. And, and, and I just have a sense that the Holy Spirit just wants to just, just call people afresh this morning and, and from there. So do you want to kind of hand back to you, Isaac? Can, I don't know if, how do we want to handle this? Should we kind of pray for everybody first, yeah? I'm just going to just pray and then we'll, then we'll move over to communion. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now for a sense of your presence to come upon us. God, I just believe you're calling people this morning. You're calling the weak and the, the people who feel they've got nothing to be something. And I just pray that you will just, you'll just put that in their hearts, that those that are feeling that, that they once had a call but other stuff's come in the way, that you're challenging them on that this morning. And God, I just pray that this church will be a people who lay hold of your purpose and that it, that it will be said not just of individuals but of, but of this church that they serve the purpose of God in their generation and they did what God wanted in Worcester in their generation. Amen. Yeah.